amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward unsophisticated everyman. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch in the Roo, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis, inspiring all of us to look better, feel better, just be better people every damn day of our lives. And our Wednesday night show brought to you by our friends at Front 43 Neighborhood Pub and Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar. That's just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lanting near the Lanting East, Sag- or East Lanting border. Great place to watch MSU basketball games if you don't have a ticket or they're on the road or an MSU hockey game this weekend or the NFL games, the Lions game Sunday night. And during MSU games, by the way, they have MSU specials going on, which are always fantastic as well. That's Cask and Company and Front 43, two adjoining places, one outstanding menu, and uh, just terrific beer selection. Jason, how you doing, man? Why don't you write something? Why don't you write something, huh? Why don't you write You know, it was something? nice of Izzo to let his son shoot last night, right? So close, Steven, so close. He got the rebound. He did. And he so took a hit. In the, he's in the stat sheet, right? Apparently, and I talked to him in the locker room afterwards, he was... Uh, <laughs> He got uh, yelled at for missing a free throw. That's why his dad was mad at him. Don't coach Mike. Because they work on the free throws. But the thing about Steven Izzo in practice, one of his roles is, and he's great at it, is he can miss a free throw anywhere. Like, because his job is to miss so they practice rebounding. So he's supposed to hit, miss in a certain place. He missed everything on that one. Yeah. That was bad. For a guy who apparently shoots 93% in practice, that's a pretty, just yeah, tells but you. with everybody staring at you and stuff, I feel bad for him. But yeah. Pressure of the moment. You know, yeah, he stuck around and answered the tough questions. So I give him, I give him, I give Hopefully him. Hopefully, we could see him uh, when they play Michigan. I guess. Yeah, that would try again, again. That would be the ultimate if they're up up big and he hits With like the a old three. school is zone in time. Yeah. Oh man, if you would have hit that, People, yeah. But anyway, it, it, it'll be raucous time. enough on on Saturday. We'll, we'll get to uh, Michigan State basketball uh, here in a minute. We're going to talk some MSU football with Elijah Collins in the transfer portal. Looks like they're losing Demarco Coleman, the defensive line coach, as well. Um, we should. Everybody's beginning with Demar Hamlin and the Bills right now, and, and I don't want to make this pot. I don't want to get in a whole discussion on that because that's not why people tune in to us. No, but it was wild though, man. 
It was it was an interesting evening. Yeah, and, and you know, it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's what everybody's saying. It you, you notice when you see the players' faces, just how serious it is, how awful it is, and and I know it was unprecedented. But watching the ESPN, the anchors, and I felt so bad for them that they just had to to talk about that topic. But you re- you didn't really have any other information, so you were just sitting there saying the same thing over and over again. So I was like, just throw it to something. Yeah, have like a lower third that says, you know, we're you know. I thought they did a decent job, especially Van Pelt and Ryan oh, Clark yeah, and those guys. Yeah. But that's hard. Like at some point, you but know, if you don't know anything, like those guys are just sitting there. I, you can't talk about other. You know, you can't talk about Tom Brady in the next breath. So yeah, at some point you go to your regularly scheduled ESPN eight programming <laughs> with bowling or something, and right. just change the change the channel because there's nothing that can be done, yeah. but just try to you know I don't know you're not going to get an update and 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 people are looking for updates and all you could do at that point is slip up and you're trying to you know bring some perspective anyway um you got people tweeting stuff out and they want to be first with some sort of knowledge and yeah hopefully wild. hopefully hopefully uh hopefully the guy's all right uh seems like a good dude by all accounts uh 24 years old so if he was a bad guy we'd be like okay with it well if, if it came out after this it was like this guy killed seven people you'd be like well you know i don't know you know but it seems like he's <laughs> a, a pretty extreme but pretty, yeah i get pretty, what you're saying yeah it seems like he's a pretty <laughs> Pretty good guy, and and hopefully he gets to live a, a long life. But do you think this will change? Fo- I, I no. honestly, when I was sitting there, I was like, man, the game is going to be in ten years. Are we going to be playing flag football? No, because this seemed, this seemed from from, and we don't one hundred percent know what happened yet. But this seemed sure. like a pretty innocuous hit. Like it, it just, and and we don't one hundred percent know what happened. But it sounds like if you get hit just at a certain point between. A heartbeat or whatever this can cause that sort of arrhythmia. I, we don't even a know normal that. kind of play a bang bang play, and it's like some of these hits that you see, you're like, "Good lord!" This, this could be a heart condition that was undiagnosed that he had before, like Pete Maravich. Pete yeah. Maravich died on a church yeah. basketball so, court at like 46. Well, yeah, there, you know, you see that sometimes. So we'll we'll see how much it was impact related. It's not going to it's not going to change the game. It, it's it's a jarring you don't think moment. So? No, okay. we, we've been through a lot of these. We've been through the Reggie Brown thing. We've been through a lot. You know. We, um, yeah. You go back to thumbs up, Mike, Mike Utley. I mean, I had one of those shirts when I was like 11. Thumbs up, man. That's thumbs true. up, Mike Utley. Mike you know? Utley, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It's, right. uh, I mean, I hope not. I just I just don't know with the way quarterbacks are are getting hit now and not being able to get hit, I should say. It's just it feels like in 10 years this game's going to look a lot different. Speaking of Mike Utley, uh, about the last uh, – bad segue. Um, is this, are you going to a live read? No, no, no. This is – let me tell you about muskox and <laughs> – uh, Mike Cutley is a guy that would wear a musk ox. Yeah, which we're both wearing tonight, by the way. That's um, true, yeah. But, no, I about the last time we had this much hope for the Lions, oh, man. and we're going to have uh, Colton Pouncey, uh, Lions writer for The Athletic, who obviously all of you know uh, from his time covering Michigan State, on with us in a little bit, and then we'll pick the games uh, with Harry uh, in a little while. Let's talk a little MSU football uh, and then some hoops first. Um, I, You know, the, uh, Marco Coleman going back to Georgia Tech as alma mater as a defensive line coach, I don't think is a huge storyline. You know, I, I think he's a good coach um, by all accounts, and that's somebody they've got to replace. Uh, but these sort of things happen. I think the uh, the bigger story of the day to me is Elijah Collins in the transfer portal, and um, I'm hoping to talk with Elijah in the next uh, you know next few days and uh, and maybe do a column on him here. But I you know I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Elijah Collins, the person, and have been for a long time. And it's not just because he stuck around MSU, um, but I think that's notable in a time where a lot of people leave when they're being replaced. And he went through a lot where you're nearly at a thousand yard back as a freshman, then you're 
you know, you get a coaching change, the COVID year, he gets COVID himself and, and, and a bad case of it to the point that it really affected him. Then he gets injured the next year. They bring in Kenneth Walker. He was the, a great teammate by all accounts, stuck around again, finally gets his chance this year, averaged four and a half yards of carry, six touchdowns on 70 rushes. I mean, you could argue, I mean, he was relevant again. He was important, looked like a dude, looked like a high major running back. And at times, I think he was MSU's best running back. Um, and uh, But you also look at the uh, the running back room and beyond having Jalen Berger back, you know, Nathan Carter, the, the transfer they're bringing in from UConn, uh, you know, they're I mean, they still have Davion Prim and Jordan Simmons and uh, they have freshman uh, Jalen uh, Barberin, uh, I believe it's how it's pronounced, uh, speed guy out of California. I think they're going to put it running back. And so, but I, I thought he had a chance this coming year if he wanted to come back, like you just to be him and Berger. And then when they brought in Carter, that was sort of the writing on the wall that, okay, there's another guy who's, I, I mean, I think from what I've seen from, from him, he's a pretty good back, but. I don't know. I, I also for for Elijah, but did they use him properly this past uh, season? It's a good because argument. when he was when he was yeah. running well, it seems like they pulled him and and didn't ride the Elijah Collins wave. So I don't know why if that happened this year. Why? I mean, not many kids are just going to stick around for another year if they're not used when they're playing well. Well, it seemed like he was. They were late to turn to him because when they turned to him, he produced. Yeah, and then. You know, I, I but for a while it was him and Berger, and Berger ran well at the end. I don't think that you know, uh, you know, I think they did a pretty good job with those two guys for a while. Um, but also, if if you're Elijah Collins, like a, a lot of these guys who have transferred out of Michigan State late in the D'Antonio era, early in the uh, Mel Tucker era, have been guys who went down to Akron or someplace like that, and and and, and Elijah Collins may want to do that because the one thing about running backs, it's a diva position, like. The mid majors are full of high major running backs. There are good running backs everywhere because kids want to play and they're really good. And it can, it's a mistake if you think, ah, I'll just be a star if I go to Miami, Ohio. That's not necessarily the way it works. But he is also to me a high ma- major player if he can find a place where, with a need at that position. And uh, you get a guy for one year and and a guy who I think was a pretty good receiver this year at 14 catches as well. I mean, just a seasoned guy, good guy, will be a good program guy. You know that about him. Um, but you could prosper at a mid-major as long as they have a good offensive line, right? And then you could put up numbers there. You, yeah, you can. You, I mean, he's a guy who you know I would not be stunned if Elijah Collins um, at some point you're like, ah, he's stuck on an NFL roster. Sure, you know, special teams guy, a, a decent running back. Like I don't, I don't think his, I don't think his talent level is beneath the ability to stick on an NFL roster. And um, and I think he he knows that, and he wants to make sure he gets the chance. I, again, I don't know his perspective on this. 100% yet, um, but I've always enjoyed my conversations with him. I think he's a very thoughtful kid, um, and uh, he never thought he w- wasn't getting an opportunity at Michigan State. So his reason for leaving, I mean, you do five years at a place, he may want to just do something else. I mean, I, I totally get that too, you know, And uh, but I also think when you when you see them bring in a, a, a guy like they did from, from UConn, Nathan Carter, although he's a younger player too, he's going to be around for a minute. Like, uh, I don't know that he had to leave. Um, but I, I'll be interested to see those those conversations. I don't think it helps MSU losing him, um, and uh, but it, it is sort of the last uh, one of the last connections to the uh, to the Mark D'Antonio era, at least the, some positives from late in that era. Um, let's also talk some MSU hoops here. So Michigan State beats coach my team. Nebraska rather handily um, boy, on boy. Tuesday night. Nebraska's not that bad. They lost. You just love Wilhelm Bradenbach. 
<laughs> I didn't even know how to pronounce his name. I just, but, but the, I saw that dude last night. And I'm like, Graham's getting a boner. He's going to have to cover mm, with his mm. laptop. That's the guy that you probably play like when you play hoops, right? There, was, there were a couple guys on the Nebraska team that looked like me <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a different era of my life, at least at a lower level. I mean, they're 8-8, eight and eight, so they're doing something. They beat eight teams, I guess. Yeah, when they beat some good teams. They lost it overtime at Purdue. They beat it Iowa by 16, although Iowa's kind of a mess. They won at it at Creighton, although Creighton was a little shorthanded, I think. Um, but they're not, they're not as bad as they've been. There's some carryover from the end of last year, the way they ended. So it's not a bad win. And it's the sort of – it's not just that they won. I thought Michigan State played as well as they have against a competitive good team. And, and you can argue that Penn State game maybe. And and they defended really well at, at times against Penn State, but and since the very beginning of the year, and they're at full health now. And you start to see, and I know that Malik Hall isn't what he will be, but you start to see, um, just the the reason they have an advantage is that backcourt it is, you know, when AJ Hogard and um, Tyson Walker, Jay Nakins. I mean, that's a really nice trio. Uh, against anybody, and they were better than Nebraska's guards last night. And Walker was on fire early. Uh, Hogard made uh, some really nice plays. You're, you're seeing um, Aiken shoot the ball well. Sissoko got back to rebounding at a high level. You know, and the other thing they have is a guy like Hauser a year ago never made the big shot. And in this game, it gets a little prickly. Like it's it's like a 12-point game again midway through the second half. You're starting to, you know, you can almost sense the uneasiness a tiny bit. And boom, corner three, Hauser. Like that, he is just a different guy in that sort of ability and that sort of ability to count on him um, at this point in the season. And so now they get Michigan. What about your freshman thoughts, though? I didn't do them last night, even though they had good games. Because I Kohler, can't. I got to say, Trey Holloman for eight minutes at two points, one assist. I felt like I really liked his game last night. He was terrific. Yeah. They were like plus seven with him. and. Um, so you don't do freshman thoughts after both two guys do. Because I felt like I wrote the same thing off the previous game uh, that I was going to write. And it's like, ah. I, copy and, and paste. Yeah. And, and I, I did think Sissoko's play was notable. I wanted, And I wanted to get the bit on the uh, the alumni his own and uh, Steve Beckman, who who'd, you know brought to my attention just how good they are against the spread, which carries over again next year. Everybody bet that. When they, alumni is on come to town, bet the Spartans. Um, but I think it's up to Steve like. Steve will have to remind us. Yeah, you, no, I'll, t- I'll try to remember. 10 point something, point, 10.1 or whatever is points per game above the Vegas spread since 2015 other than the COVID years. And um, But yeah, no, I, I thought Sissoko was like they took away and I, it was, I think it was Walker. It was either Walker or uh, Hauser was explaining this to me exactly what the style Nebraska plays takes away. Like They did not allow – you're not going to get a screen and roll to the basket alley-oop dunk type thing. Um, but he got five offensive rebounds, and he defended well, and that's the Sissoko they need. They need him not to foul out. Uh, you get another real test against Hunter Dickinson this Saturday. Ooh. Which, like, this is going to be a fun game. This is because Hunter Dickinson has made himself – the biggest looking face. villain in the basketball rivalry in modern times since the 90s. Wow. I think. Hot well, take show was Sunday, my friend. Well, no, I'm talking villain in that rivalry because you think about the rivalry. Maybe Mo Wagner a little bit. He's got a stupid looking face. It's <laughs> not very nice. <laughs> but you, you think for in the 2000s, Michigan State dominated the rivalry. There was no opportunity for Michigan to have that sort of presence. And then in the 
when Michigan started to play it even up, which they've done for a, a decade or more now, 12 years really, and I'm doing a column on this for tomorrow, just sort of the stalemate of the basketball rivalry and how no individual game can ever be <laughs> bragging rights because just for too long it's been just about dead equal. Um, but they're, they're really, other than a couple, I mean, Beeline wasn't a guy who poked the bear. He didn't care about the rivalry. And Izzo liked him, and you just you didn't have that dynamic very often. You had a little bit of it with Wagner. But then you really got to go back to the early days of the Izzo tenure and the end of the Heathcote tenure for that sort of person. And to sort of see the Izzo deal with Hunter Dickinson and to watch Michigan State play this rivalry now with Izzo coaching against Juwan Howard, which triggers all sorts of emotional <laughs> early memories, is just fascinating. It's always interesting for me. and Because and, and, uh, he'll never – I did a column on this before the Howard tenure, but in like 2017 is probably the best piece I've done on this, just how much it will never leave his system. And um, it's – So do you think the players feel the same way? He won't let them not. Like, they feel it. Like, if you're, if, you, <laughs> if you're one of these young pups, if you're Trey Holloman, if you're Jackson Kohler, if you're Carson Cooper, you get in that locker room pregame with Izzo or in the practices before this rivalry, and you feel it. it it's radiating off his head. He can't. Now, he, he has talked about one of the reasons that they struggled very early on in the rivalry, like I'm talking 96, 95, when he first took over, 96, 97, he has said he was too emotionally wrapped up in it to coach well, and he understood he had to pull that back. And and so it's not like he doesn't understand the balance, but you cannot not feel this game when you're around Tom Izzo heading into this game if you are on his roster. Don't coach my team. And it's an important game for Michigan State, too. It's not just like the, the rivalry has less long-term oomph than it does in football, but in terms of this Michigan State team – Pretty similar in some ways in Ken Palm, at least they were the other night. Having looked today, Michigan's playing Penn State as we do this pod, but look, a bounce-back game against Maryland. Uh, Michigan's got enough talent to give Michigan State problems. They obviously have a big man who's, you know, we just talked about who's skilled offensively and could cause MSU some problems. Uh, But I think MSU's got better guards. And I think that's, you know, I don't know what the ceiling is of this MSU team, but I think their guards on a given night give them a shot against just about everybody in the country if they're big, Sissoko especially, hangs in there when they have to play against decent size. And I, I think we saw that at the very beginning of the year, and, and I know Gonzaga and, and Kentucky have taken their lumps, but I, I think that'll hold. I don't look at anybody in the country I've seen so far that if, Michigan State is an okay inside. That means Mati Sissoko, that they can't compete on a given night. You think they can't beat? I mean, Purdue was just number one in the country. Rutgers won that game the other night against them. Um, Nebraska went into Purdue and lost in what, overtime. So, or was that? I forget where that game was, but nonetheless, overtime against Purdue. So, I um, I, I think Michigan State this particular year on a given day. That said, I also still don't trust them to do what they did against Nebraska. I think that was the most interesting thing, Jason, was that that defensively, seven steals, 28% in the first half, just the way they 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 locked in and locked them down and played a very efficient, uh, tenacious game. Like, if that's going to be their personality every night, 
then with that backcourt, they're gonna they're gonna be way off the bubble. That's not gonna be an issue. And the real question will be is can they also can they win enough to be in the Big Ten championship conversation? And, and games at home against Michigan help determine that. Like I said, this stretch, Michigan, and then next week Illinois. Sorry, Wisconsin, then Illinois on the road. They're three and one at the end of that stretch if they're going to compete for a Big Ten title. If they're anything less than that, they're two and two. They won't because then they're three and three in the Big Ten. You're going to play behind the eight ball. You're going to lose a couple more games. It doesn't mean they won't get to a place where they're they make a run and they become really really good but if they're going to compete for a big 10 title they're going to win two of these next three games and i don't think they're going to win both on the road so you beat michigan you beat a flawed michigan team in an emotional game on your home court if you're going to be taken seriously in the big 10 that's and i just think michigan state i mean like you said it's tough to figure this team out but i feel that michigan state if they're under nine turnovers Nine and under, I think they can g- compete with anyone, as long as they don't double digit turnover. Yeah, no, I, I. It seems like that's how they win games by not by just getting right under that ten turnover mark for me. All right, before we uh, before we get to Colton and talk some Lions, and and I, and I agree with you on that. By the way, I, I th- they've been so much better on turnovers this year, and it has not been an issue for them. And part of that's the maturation of those guards. Uh, before we get to Colton, uh, a reminder of the MSU game day specials. At Casting Company in, four, uh, in front 43, $4.50 pints during MSU games of Bells, Ellison, Founders, and Shorts, $5 mugs of Miller Lite, Bud Light, and Labatt's, Spartan Fries, MSU Rolls, Spartan Rolls, Spartan Burgers, all on special during MSU games at Front 43 and Casking Company. We'll take a quick break, come back, talk Lions, little Michigan State football, the man who ruined Michigan State and built the Lions himself, Colton Pouncey. Couch in the Roof, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis in Front 43 and Cask and Company. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi, sip on handcrafted cocktails, or one of 46 beers on tap? Take your game day or date night to Cask and Company Kitchen, Bar, or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Casking Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Ever wondered just how comfortable you can be? Find out with Muskox high-quality flannels. Muskox is a Detroit-based company that creates durable comfort that'll last a lifetime. Muskox flannels are thoughtfully designed with 100% cotton that is ethically sourced and double brushed for softness. This will be the softest flannel you'll ever buy, guaranteed. For every $100 purchase, Muskox will donate $10 to the Alaska Wildlife Conservation Center. Get comfortable this fall and winter with Muskox flannels. Learn more or order yours today at GoMuskox.com. Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play. Get your Vegas on right now from your phone, tablet, or laptop. All the hottest slots and tables, plus sports betting featuring in-game wagering. Download the app at firekeeperscasino.com. Go with the name you know, Firekeepers. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Find Couch in the Rude podcasts on Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the Rube's favorite, Podcast Addict. 
Couch in the Roo, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis. Go to skymint.com, check out uh, the latest uh, deals and also the locations. Chances are you within half an hour of a Skymint location. Best way to get through January is adding Skymint to your life. Take an edible. Jason begins every show with one, and it, uh, it's the only reason. I do? Well, you usually have. I'm about to say, do you have any? Yeah, you sorry, some. sorry. Yeah. You, you could have played along just a, oh, a, a little, mean, yeah, a little thanks, bit better. Oh, I man. I just <laughs> took one during the break. <laughs> It is time for our Hopcat interview of the week, presented by our friends at Hopcat, the best damn beer bar, world-famous cosmic fries, and uh, fine local craft beer selection wherever you live. Uh, it feels like a local brewery, be it East Lansing, uh, Grand Rapids, Indianapolis. Great place to watch games, including MSU hockey games. So this Friday's big series at Ohio State, uh, 7 p.m., uh, and then uh, Saturday at 4 uh, those games will be on at Hopcat, and you can uh, check it out in East Lansing and uh, join the the crew watching Michigan State hockey. Uh, very pleased now to have with us uh, Colton Pouncey, Lions beat writer for The Athletic, the man responsible for all of MSU's football misery and the Detroit Lions' success. <laughs> how are you, sir? Pretty good, man. It's been a long time. Uh, how you, how you been? That's I, a better question. I'm good. I miss you, man. I miss having you around. The, the beat was better with you. So miss you, miss you guys too. We'll have to catch up soon. Yeah, no, that would be great. You just, you just you and James frolicking in Detroit. I see all the uh, the pictures. <laughs> it looks like it looks like a really good time to be young and and uh, in, and single in in a, in a sweet town. Oh, you guys aren't single. Never mind. I'll take that back. We'll fix that in post. Take that out, Jason. If you... I am single. He's not. That's okay. The problem. I, I got to get him out more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Good time for you to be. Uh, at least I didn't get yeah. you in trouble. With yeah. anything there. Um, okay, we'll start here. How much do you miss the MSU beat and living in Lansing? Uh, I miss the MSU beat a lot. I just miss Solari's, like, post-game meltdowns. Like, we don't get that on the Lions beat. And <laughs> I just I miss the chaos around me, him and Charbonneau just going at it. <laughs> um, but, you know, Detroit's been good to me. I can't, I can't complain too much. Uh, you know, James is actually my, my neighbor. We live in the same apartment complex, so. I get to annoy him on a, like a daily basis now, but uh, I do miss Lansing. I miss I miss the guys out there. So uh, there are days where I definitely do miss it. <laughs> I'll say that. So who is the closest to melting down like Solari and the Lions beat? Is it like Justin Rogers? Like that would be my guess. Like who is who's the meltdown king? <laughs> I don't know. They all keep their composure. They're all pretty chill. I, you know, maybe I'm just like I kind of go off to my own corner when I write, so I don't see it as much. But Solari and Charbonnet, you can't escape it. That's the thing. Like they're just right there at all times doing their little back and forth after games. So it's more in your face on the MSU beat. I'll uh, say that. Uh, last night we had a good one. You would have loved it in the press room. Just a, <laughs> a tip about flying versus driving to Illinois and Madison, you know, those sort of things. Um, of course. Of and course. Uh, yeah. All right, so what is the, before we get into the Lions, best part of an NFL beat rather than college football? I'll say the food, man. I mean, <laughs> no disrespect to MSU, like, but the food I get from NFL City, like some of the trips I've been to, like going to Dallas and uh, AT&T Stadium, they had us, they, they did us well up there. Uh, Minnesota has like an ice cream bar, like a Minneapolis, that like space, spaceship stadium over there. Like oh, they treat us well over there. <laughs> um, I would say as much as I love going to like West Lafayette in November, uh, some of the actual cities are a little bit cooler, I'd say. I uh, hope that's on a hot take. No, uh, no. I but, mean, everybody points to West Lafayette when they have to pick on the Big Ten. It's always like, ah, yeah, the Purdue yeah. game. Ah, jeez. Which, uh, it's actually, the, I love the Big Ten trips, though. I mean, the rest of Madison's like a great town. Yeah. Like, you get to go to Chicago when you go to Evanston. So, I mean, I did no disrespect to that. But West Lafayette was the one that I was just like, I'll skip this if I can. 
No, the uh, and I always appreciated that you uh, that you love the uh, melting moments ice cream sandwiches as much as I did, and uh, I've I've tried to, I've tried to eat those for you and in, in, uh, in honor of you this Thank year. You, you got to take a picture every time you do it. Yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> the the access is better though too, right? You got the open locker rooms yeah. and and and, and the, the ability to tell stories. And in MSU basketball, you have a little of that with the open locker rooms, but in, in MSU football, I mean that's the, that's the big difference is. Pro football, there yeah. are mandated openings. It just allows you to do your job at a higher level, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, my first week when uh, we were there for training camp, like, that was just pretty jarring. I mean, you know how it is in August at MSU. We get, you know, 15-minute windows, like, once a week for three weeks in August, and that's pretty much it. Whereas when I got to Lions, we were there six days a week, uh, get to see, like, two hours of practice. So it really allows you to form your own opinions for someone coming in from a different beat to come over to Lions, like I was able to really form my own evaluations of each player um, over the course of like a full month. So that was honestly really helpful for me coming in. Um, I still have some notes I, I check back on when I'm thinking about a specific player. Um, and even end season, we still get like 15 minutes, three days a week. Um, so it's mostly just stretching at that point, but we do get to keep track of injuries that's super it's not secretive like it is on, on the college level obviously um so we actually get to see who's practicing who's not um so yeah it just helps you get a better idea of the bigger picture i guess um so yeah the access it can be a little overwhelming sometimes like sometimes I'm like man i've been here like way too long this week <laughs> but yeah. at the same time it's, it's super helpful for um just writing and forming stories and opinions no, I, I remember, I, everybody knows I covered Western Michigan for a while, but every fall camp practice was open, which sounds amazing until the fourth week of fall camp. When you're there standing on the sidelines, the sweat dripping down your back, you're like, oh, my God, okay, how much yeah. longer are they going to do this? Um, yeah, no, it is cool. I'm, I'm also, like, we've all been that first year on a beat. You've done it at MSU. You've done it before that. Um, mm-hmm. How, like, the fear is, right, getting beat on something badly. How, how much uh, have you gotten past that at this point? And, and, and do you feel pretty comfortable sourcing and, and just sort of the ability that first year is always a little nerve wracking? Yeah, I'd say it's still a work in progress. Uh, there's just stuff like I want to make sure I'm around for everything. Like even in the locker room, it's like you look around, some guys getting a one-on-one. You're just like, am I missing something out? Yeah. <laughs> am I missing out on something here? Um, but that's part of the game. Like I, I, I feel like I've gotten good stuff just by being proactive and going up to someone first and just kind of, taking my time on a conversation and really just talking to the dude. Um, so, I, I, you know, I feel like it, it's sort of a, a bit of a balancing act for my first year, but I would say I'm a lot more comfortable now than I was, you know, three months ago when I kind of started. So, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, no, well, I've enjoyed reading your stuff. You've done a, you've done a great job, and, and uh, it, it, it's been fun to have your, have your voice on that on that beat. So, but you did not – I mean, when they're one in six – you're getting the usual Detroit Lions experience. And I, I'm guessing people are sort of saying, oh, this is, and you're thinking this is what it's going to be. At what point did you recognize or think that they could be more? Yeah, like even when they were losing games, like I would say when they were one and six, the only one of those games that they weren't like competitive in the fourth quarter was New England. And they just had a ton of injuries. That was a weird game. It was like right before the bye. So I think they were just kind of like limping to that point. But the other games, like, they were right in it in the fourth quarter with a chance to win. So I didn't feel like they were far off. They just needed to learn how to kind of win close games and close out games in the fourth quarter. And, you know, a lot of people were like, same old lines. Like, I didn't really know that was a thing until I got to the beat, but I learned quickly that people love to say that for, like, no reason. Um, and I'm watching this team, and I'm just like, I get it. I get why people say that, but 
to me, you have to kind of view each season differently. You can't compare everything to like 1957. Um, you have to evaluate each GM, each head coach on their own and not really, you know, look at it for what it, what, what it is, not what it was in the past. So that's kind of how I approached this team. And I thought Dan Campbell's a guy that is going to get the most out of his players. He's going to motivate them. Um, you know, you had, you, you question some of the in-game decisions and things like that, but I think that's something that he can grow into over time. But everything else is there because these players love him. They play hard for him. They're competitive for these guys. Like the game plans are always sound, in my opinion. So um, I felt like it was only a matter of time before they kind of turned things around. I didn't think it would be this drastic going from one and six to winning seven of your last nine and maybe <laughs> sneaking into the playoffs here. But I did think they would win some games down the stretch. I didn't think they'd be drafting first overall. And I just felt like it was a matter of time. And I felt like this year was all about setting up a potential run in 2023. But you know, to my surprise, they've kind of almost set up a playoff run here if a few things break their way on, on Sunday. Well, so let's go to Sunday. Like, I don't think this game should have been on Sunday night because I I just don't think it's fair probably to the Seahawks, if anybody. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, and, and because and maybe the dynamic of the Lions-Packers makes it so the Lions will play their asses off either way. But, you know, in another scenario, I don't know the NFL can know that, that the Seahawks win – the Lions know they're out. They don't perform as well. The Packers then win, and then that bumps the Seahawks out. I don't. I think these games should should kick off at the same time. How much do you think the Seattle result will impact the Lions? I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, they would probably be playing at the same time. But the Lions also wanted the Sunday night slot. Like they were the only team in the NFL when the schedule came out that did not have a primetime slot all year. Like they have Thanksgiving, but that's an early game. Um, so this was. So when they flexed it to that, that time, a lot of the guys were like excited to play and kind of show off their progress. So I, I still think they're going to play hard regardless of it being at 425 or, you know, the later game. Um, obviously, if you don't have a playoff spot on the line, it's easy to be like, well, what are we really playing for? But at the same time, I think the way Campbell's been talking, the way these players have been talking, like Aaron Rodgers made some comments midseason that they have not forgotten about where he was like, we shouldn't have lost to a team like that uh, after they, they lost in November. To, to the Lions. So a lot of those guys remember that. A lot of those guys don't want to see the Packers in the playoffs, whether they have a chance to get in or not. So I think that'll be a factor. And also just like the idea of playing meaningful football in January, um, that's so important to these young guys. They had never experienced that. And so even if you're just playing spoiler, you're all, you were right there. You had a chance. You, you know, some things didn't go your way, but you can still finish strong. And um, they have a chance to finish 9-8. and eight. They, That would triple their win total from 2021. So they're absolutely going to play hard. Like, it's not surprising if they go to Lambeau and win because that's kind of the mentality they're going out with. Like, I don't think they're just going to roll over even if the Seahawks end up winning. So that's kind of the, the mindset out now in part this week. What's your sense on the organization's perception of Jared Goff? Because, like, for me, this is a big game for him. Like, I don't care about your stats. If you're eventually going to win a big, win big playoff games against star quarterbacks, you've got to perform well. Like, this is a spot. Perform well on the road at Lambeau against a division rival and Aaron Rodgers with a lot on the line potentially, and you will change the narrative. And if you don't, it's it's a little empty. Like there's still all those questions. It, do you think this game matters for how they go forward with him, or what's your perception of in in reporting and understanding of where they are with him? I sort of feel like the 2023 decision has pretty much been been made. I think he's going to come back and be their guy next year. I think the question with him is like, you know, long term. Like obviously, you want to end the regular season on a high note, you don't want to leave a bad taste. Like if he goes up there and throws for like 150 yards, completes half of his passes and throws like three interceptions, 
that's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth after a solid year, in my opinion. But I still think the question is more like beyond 2023, like where are you at as a franchise and is Jared Goff the guy to get you to where you want to go? Because I think they can be competitive. I think they can win the NFC North in 2023. Um, they'll have two first-round draft picks. They'll have five picks in the top 85-ish. Um, so they'll have room to add more young talent and continue growing. Um, but I think the question like long-term is, like, is Jared Goff the guy that gets you to the Super Bowl, like, years from now when this team is, like, fully in place? And that I don't know. Um, but I do think he's proven himself throughout the course of this season. He's fourth in touchdown passes, over 4,000 yards. Like, their offense is top five in a lot of categories. Like, I don't really know how much better you're getting with a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud for next year. Um, if you're thinking long-term and you want to get one of those guys, then, you know, I, I can understand it to, to an extent, but I still think they're better off just, like, fixing the defense that ranks towards the bottom of the league with those two first-round picks. So, to me, the question is always beyond 2023 with golf because when you look around the league, you got Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. These dudes are, like, you know, really talented quarterbacks. I don't think golf is quite on that level, but that doesn't mean you can't win and, and be a playoff team with them. It's just the question of when your team gets to that place, like the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and they made the, the switch to Pat Mahomes, that's where I see the lines getting to before they make a decision on golf. Right, and the question is, do you bring in the guy and let? I mean, you, you don't because you don't even have to start one of those rookies. You can play golf next no. year and and yeah. and and wait till that guy's ready. And that obviously worked there in Kansas City. Man, it is good to hear your voice. Uh, I'm glad that you've gotten to cover. I mean, hell, we've all enjoyed the Lions, but I'm glad you've gotten to cover a, a non same old Lions year, man. And I've, I've, <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up this uh, this off season. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to that. Appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, Colton. That's Colton Pouncey, of course, from The Athletic. Great stuff. Many of you are familiar with his work from his time covering Michigan State and probably still read him on uh, his Lions coverage. Any takeaways from that, Jason? I just think the national narrative of the if the if Seattle ends up winning that game, that the Lions are not going to want to win that game or play. I just think it doesn't I, – I don't think it matters if it's a night game. They play at 1 a.m., 7 a.m. They want to beat Aaron Rodgers because this is like a defining moment in the franchise. This is like getting this monkey off of your back, this Aaron Rodgers thing. If you beat him – to knock him out of the playoffs, not just beat him in the regular season, but you beat to knock him out and take, to take Green, Green Bay out, that's like a defining moment for me. So here, here's my – the two things, counterpoints to that, and I don't disagree with you. I, I think one would be if the Lions were to get behind. Like if you're, if you're behind and it doesn't look like you're, you're down 14 or something, your will to give everything you have to come back and try to – the playoffs are on the line what? versus it didn't go well, – It's I'm, our core foundation. I mean, man. listen to this Great. guy. Okay, I'm just counterpointing. It could be Pack totally wrong. In after two TDs, but my other point is, yes, I think that is the dynamic. I don't think it'll matter a ton, but I don't think the NFL in their scheduling people can understand that dynamic 100. percent You know what I mean? And like, that's okay. This and that, is for that's the why, Lions and Lions again, fans but, only. Though. But but uh, so again, for the integrity of the situation, it's the wrong move, even if it works out okay. That's what I'm saying. That's all it is. And on to Goff. I mean, listen, I know that he's putting up good numbers. I just don't know if he can throw a deep ball. And if you have a guy like Jamison Williams, I saw him run a couple, Jamison Williams, that is, a couple routes where he looked like he was wide open. And I don't think Goff didn't even look his way. I just don't know. And Goff underthrew him on a touchdown earlier in the season, too, or a couple weeks ago. I just don't think Goff has the arm. He's good. He's serviceable, can put up stats when, he, when you don't touch him. But let's see him in Green Bay and see him on the road. The, to me, this is the game. If he is going to change, he doesn't. They don't have to necessarily win it. You can lose a, a game in Green Bay where he plays well, but this is the game where if yeah, I almost knocked the microphone down again. Um, this is a game where uh, it, 
if he plays really well in in the you know on the road outdoors Lambeau yeah. against a great quarterback opposite where you've got to keep pace a little perhaps like that's that's something that says okay I want to see a couple passes though that makes you say wow like Stafford used to used because to throw. here's here's the reason to move on this year and to do the to do the Pat Mahomes Alex Smith thing now rather than wait the better you get the harder it is to draft high. And right now, what you have still is this high Rams draft pick. And it may not be as high as you want it to be. And, and ideally, it's less high because they, they win at Seattle, right? But you, and you've got your own draft picks to package. You've got more draft capital and equity to play with than, than you've had in the past. But do you, you have will to later reach on. for a quarterback? I mean, look, at it, as long as you solidify your offensive line and defensive line, I mean, some of these teams have proven Brock Purdy and some of these other quarterbacks that – you just need to be serviceable. We can win 10 games, 10, let, 11 let, games. Let's see somebody win a Super Bowl because that's what it comes down to. Can you sure. do something different? And and so, and so and to me, when you have that draft pick this year, and if you like one of the guys, go get him. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't if you don't think one of these guys is the guy, then yeah. I mean, you're going to bring Goff back either way. Don't, don't push it. But if, if you believe in one of these guys, and that's where you have to trust Brad Holmes and, and a little we bit. Do. Do I it. think we do because yeah. he's proven that these guys that are coming, these fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, are coming in right away and proving that they can stay in the NFL. And, so and a guy like CJ Stroud, go for it. A guy like CJ Stroud, the way he played in that Georgia game made him even more interesting, right? He played in, in a big game. He put his team on his shoulders a little bit, and we hadn't seen that from him when, when he was going to be under pressure and they had to do some different stuff. So I thought that added to the intrigue about him and, 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 and everything. Um, will be fun to watch this Sunday night. And the Sunday night's game will impact this show. I, we're not going to do a show during the game. That would be ass. Um, so we will be probably a Monday night show. Jason and I will have to figure that out. But um, I think we just did. Monday night's fine. Monday night works. Well, that's the national championship. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. but, but we can't go beyond the Michigan State plays Tuesday night. So we'll probably do it. We'll figure it out. But yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to do it. Uh, national championship doesn't matter as much to me as that Lions game for, for sure. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll have Harry Gagnon on. We'll pick the games. Uh, that was our interview of the week presented by Hopcat. Uh, this is Couch in the Rube presented by our friends at Skymint Premium Cannabis. Hopcat exists at the intersection of great beer and delicious food, complemented by music, art, community, and comfort. Home to the best-in-class beer experience served by craft beer experts. Guests can expect a casual, inviting local gathering place with some of the best damn burgers and fries you'll find in Michigan. Hopcat is proud to be an official supporter of Peyton Thorne. Show your Spartan pride by ordering the iconic Peyton Thorne burger, created by the man himself. And don't forget about Spartan basketball. Hopcat is your pre-game headquarters for basketball all season long. Catch the game at any of our locations. East Lansing, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, Kalamazoo, and Holland. To plan your next trip to Hopcat, visit www.hopcat.com. Come enjoy irresistible, award-winning, handcrafted donuts and locally roasted coffee at Groovy Donuts. Surprise your family or coworkers with special holiday designs and flavors, or put the perfect finishing touch on an event with a custom order. Birthdays, weddings, gender reveals, our friends at Groovy Donuts are your answer. Experience the Groovy Donuts difference for yourself on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing or in Williamston. Get more information or place an order at GroovyDonuts.com. 
Wherever you are on your cannabis journey, let Sky Mint Premium Cannabis be your guide, your friend, and your place. Whether you're curious about cannabis or a seasoned connoisseur, Sky Mint's knowledgeable staff will help you with a vast selection of products to choose from to fit your needs. Sky Mint believes access to the best cannabis helps people do good and feel good, so they grow it right here in Michigan, giving you high-quality, locally grown cannabis at highly accessible prices. Visit SkyMint.com for special offers and location information throughout Michigan and use the promo code COUCHANDRUBE20 for 20% off your first visit. Sky Mint Cannabis, you'll love this place. Find our live stream, podcast archives, as well as show, affiliate, and sponsorship information at our website, SpotlightMediaStudios.com. Couch in the Rue, presented by Skymint Premium Cannabis, and our Wednesday night show brought to you by our friends at Front 43 Neighborhood Pub and Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar. It is now time to pick the games brought to you by Firekeepers Eye Casino and Sportsbook app. And to do so, we, as always, we bring in Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, BestBetCorner.com, and ExtraPoints.com. Harry, brother, how you doing? What's up? Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you, too. It's good, uh, yeah. good, good to hear your voice. And, uh, cool, cool. Yeah. Should be uh, an eventful week, and uh, hopefully by the time these games play, that uh, Tamar Hamlin's in, in, in healthy, and, and that's no longer the the fear of everybody. So, um, and uh, every, right, exactly. Um, so let let let's dig into them. We're, we'll do uh, we'll do the uh, the NFL games, and then the the the, the national championship, um, and the Lions as well in here. Love it. Um, Titans plus six and a half at Jaguars. For a game with a lot, of, a lot on the line, uh, and I think the Jaguars are the better team. I think Vrabel's a hell of a coach, though. I this is this is really hard for me. I I don't trust it. Just what I've seen from the Jaguars, though. Give me the Jaguars here, and I will probably be wrong. Jason, where are you? Yeah, Joshua Dobbs, though. I think that he's a good quarterback. The, those guys dropped a lot of passes for him. I think that the six and a hook. Give me the six and a hook, Harry. Who you got? Yeah, I'm kind of feeling what Graham, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I mean, Jaguars are playing as good as anybody. Their offense is rolling. Their running game's going going well. The defense is playing great. Josh Allen on that end has been fantastic defensively. But, uh, you know, a lot on the line here. And I think that might just, if Jaguars may pull this one out, but uh, but six and a half seems a little steep for a team who usually makes the playoffs in the Titans. Rely fully on Derrick Henry. Let him get you there. Jaguars maybe win this game, but I'm going to take the points. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. That's a tough line, six and a half. Seems like a lot, but the Jaguars are playing better. Um, all right, Chiefs minus eight and a half at Oakland. And so this is a weird game for a couple reasons. One, Jared Stedham looked really good for Oakland last week, and I think he looked legitimately good. I, and the Chiefs don't cover against anybody usually anymore. They just, I mean, they barely hit the money line against Denver. But the other weird thing is what this game is going to mean because we don't know what's going to happen with that Bills-Bengals game. I've heard all sorts of – and what the best idea I like is – and I don't know who will get the number one seed, but if they were to meet in the AFC Championship game, that maybe you play it at a neutral site if you don't make up that game. You play it in Indianapolis halfway between them indoors since they're both cold. I don't know. You could, you could, where their fans could kind of get there. I don't know what the idea would be, but there's no perfect perfect solution, obviously. I – I just can't do the Chiefs over a touchdown right now, and uh, and uh, g- give me give me the Raiders. I think they looked decent last week. Jason, where are you? Yeah, you pretty much said it all. It's just it seems like the line is too heavy, so I'm giving the nine and the hook. What do you got, Harry? Yeah, Graham, I I like that kind of idea. Where do you play? Unfortunately, may have to play. I would like that maybe in a neutral uh, field because 
I don't think it's fair that you know that this if any team would were to benefit from this situation, really is it going to be Kansas City? I don't like that. I don't like that deal. I, I but I do like them in this game. Uh, I do love the over at fifty two as well. Uh, you mentioned Stidham had a great game last week. He had three touchdowns, three hundred sixty five yards against a very good San Fran secondary, uh, but also. Kansas City first in yards per game, first in passing. I just don't see uh, overall uh, the the Raiders have no pass rush except for Max Crosby, 29th in yards against, 30th in picks, and 30th in sacks. Just so bad on defense. I just don't know how and when they're going to stop this Chiefs offense. When are they going to stop Mahomes? I just don't see it. I think there's a lot of points here. I think it's like 30. This is like a 38-21 type of game to me. Okay. Um, so the game of second most importance to people around here this weekend, Rams plus six and a half at the Seahawks. And, I mean, we just need Baker Mayfield and the Rams. And, and I get the idea that the that, that's a little bit of a rivalry. The Rams will want to play spoiler here too. I, 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 I They haven't been horrible. Uh, I'm glad Mayfield's there and he, he's trying to stay in the league. So they got a lot to prove. Um Seattle looked good last week. They seem to be rolling a little bit. Kenneth Walker's back healthy. They're over that midseason swoon. But six and a half's a lot. And I don't think the Rams are six and a half point worse, six and a half points worse than the Seahawks. Um I'm gonna take the Rams here. Maybe it's the the heart, but I think it's a little gut too. Uh Jason, where are you? The Rams are complete ass though, Graham. If this weren't in Seattle, I know that you know, home for the Rams is kind of like an away game, but this is in Seattle. Sharp money's coming in on it. Believe me, I want to believe, but give me the Seahawks for our little contest here. What do you got, Harry? Yeah, you know, I'm going to take the Seahawks, too. They finally, after a few weeks of just being in the tank, they showed up last week. I think Geno Smith still rallies this team. Um, I think they get the cover, and they stay alive uh, for a playoff spot. I'm going to take the Seahawks to roll the Rams. Yeah, it doesn't seem great. And, and again, I've told people, if you, if you really want to – I wouldn't bet the Packers – because I don't think Lions fans could do that to themselves. It's an awful way to, like, it'll take away from the win if the Lions were to beat the Packers, if you had money on the Packers. But if you can throw them in a teaser and it was something else that wins, like putting a little on the Seahawks just so you don't feel horrible if that happens, but not so much that it – because you'll still be excited. You'll get over it by the time the Lions game starts. Like I, I, Lions fans put a little in a teaser on the Seahawks. We can find another game for you somewhere, um, you know uh, – Maybe it's the so that thirty two dollars will soothe my pain of the Lions not making the Super Bowl. Make it three hundred twenty dollars. Do whatever you got to do to soothe your pain. So then I end up rooting another way because no, don't. There's so much money on the line. You got to find that sweet spot, man. It's it's not not it's not a perfect situation. There's no 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 doubt about it. Uh, all right, Cowboys minus five and a half at the Commanders. Uh, weird game here. Goes off at the same time as the Eagles, who now have to play for this against the Giants, who don't have much to play for. So I don't know. And this this is one of those games where I haven't even looked at the first half line, but I, I would be tempted to take the Cowboys' first half just because they're not going to know the score of the other game. Um, commanders have finally got gone back to their um, what's his face, the other quarterback, um, not uh, not what's his nuts, uh, Ken Dorsey. Jesus, you're doing this to me again, Frank Tarkenton. Oh fuck you! Uh, it's hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> Well, Carson uh, Wentz. They got rid of. They got rid of him. Heinke. Heinke went back to Heinke. Thank you. Oh, you do no, they're going. They're going with. Uh, they're going with uh, Sam. Uh, Sam uh, Howell. Sam Howell. Really? I thought yeah. they were going back to Heinke. Oh, they are going with Howell now. Sam Howell. Wow. Okay. I don't Why know. does Harry say that as if we should know who he's talking about? Yeah, I don't know who he is. But that's this is what. Wait, Jason... is that the kid from UNC? Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, give me the Cowboys. 68 touchdowns his first two years at UNC. That's true. Not so great last year, but. Give me give me the Cowboys here. Uh, I, I, Holy hell. And inside of a touchdown, still playing for a lot, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen. I, I, I think the Cowboys cover this. Uh, Jason, where are you? God, keep me away from this game. This is a huge fade for the contest. Give me the commanders with the points. What do you got here? Uh, it's interesting. I don't know if the Cowboys, even though this could mean the division for them, I don't know how much they're really into this from what I've been reading and everything. Um, I kind of want to see what Howell's made of here. I think they might play tough here. That was a lot of times, I mean, they haven't been able to score a lot lately, but their defense has been pretty solid too, Washington, um, in the last and second half of the season. So I think maybe this is close. Dallas pulls this out, but give me Washington with the points. All right. Ah, but yeah, I, 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 the don't first, love it, Graham. Don't yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, no, yeah. Put I, it in a teaser. No, I wouldn't throw that, and I wouldn't <laughs> throw that in a teaser. The te- the teaser I kind of like if you're going to do something with is like teasing the Chiefs down at eight and a half at Oakland um, with the Seahawks or even the Jaguars. But I, I, those are the two games I would I would more recommend if you were to tease something. Sponsored by one eight hundred Gambler. Lions plus four and a half at Packers. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest here. I mean, if I had to bet this game, I'm not going to bet against the lions cause I don't want to ruin the experience. But if I had to bet this game, I would absolutely be all over the Packers on this just cause historically, and maybe I'll lose, but historically I've got like 40 freaking years going back to like Don Mazikowski and all that shit of like watching stuff go wrong in this, in this scenario on, on primetime games against Brett Favre, against Aaron Rodgers. And I just I can't picture it. So if I can't picture it, I can't bet it. Give me the Packers. I, I feel like they're going to win by you know somewhere between uh, seven to seventeen points. Jason, where are you? I just can't pick the Packers in this game, right, Harry? I mean, I watched the team. I went to the Lions game, watched them against the Bears. They annihilated them. I understand the Packers are playing great, but I think Campbell's got this team prepared. Want to win this game? Change the franchise? Give me the Lions. Moneyline sprinkle with the plus four and a hook. What do you got, Harry? Yeah, look, you guys know we do this every week. I've been on the uh, Lions all second half of the season. Faith in them. Like, I know I just gave out Seattle. I hope I'm wrong. If the Rams can somehow pull that out and and the uh, and, and the uh, the Lions are live in that night game against the Packers. I know the Packers were amazing last week. They they did all practically everything right. But this Lions team, Campbell, they've got heart. Five games this year. Five games. Uh, they lost by four points or less. Uh, I want to. I don't even want the point. I don't want the points. I don't want Green Bay to cover. I don't want Detroit to cover. I want Detroit to win the game. Give me Lions money line two all the way. It's our core foundation, man. Grit. Oh man. Uh, now you guys are inspiring Pass me. This means something for you guys. <laughs> oh. and get the play. Get that playoff spot. Screw Green Bay. That's only going to make it worse. There, there's part of me that hopes that, like, like cause I think, well, if if it means something, this team was nerves. one in six, man. Yeah, We're playing yeah, yeah. house money. And, and, what, and what they did last week against, I know it's against the Bears, and again, since the uh, Roquan Smith has been traded to Baltimore, the Bears defense, as Jason would uh, so eloquently say, are ass. <laughs> but what a running performance. This team, I can't recall when I've enjoyed watching the Lions play more, especially golf flawless lately, but also the running game has been tremendous, especially last week with Swift and Williams. 
That I'm, sounds gambling related. Yeah. <laughs> like he's won some money on the Lions this year. I'm old enough to remember the Lions play at Carolina two weeks ago. So I'm also, I know, I've I also know. got that in me. Uh, just, just. Yeah, to, but you can say that about any NFL team. I mean, but, but, people counted the Packers out. Yeah, it's true. But they have Brett no, Favre. No, no, seven or two in the last nine. Yep. Yep. No, no. It, it, it. They got a legitimate chance, and I hope, I hope, because if they exercise these demons, it'll change a lot of how I think about them. If they win this game. It'll change a lot about how I think about the possibilities for Jared Goff. It'll it'll change. You hear that, Detroit Lions? You're going to change Graham Couch's mind. <laughs> <laughs> Goff, how about, how about Goff? 330 yards or more, three in the last five weeks. He's getting a, this team's this team's deadly on on offense. Can they get in the playoffs? They need some help, but let's do it. I want to see him make big throws and critical downs and and uh, against the Packers in this game. And before I'm before I'm all aboard. Um, all right. Well, well, we'll hope for that, and and I might just do a money line sprinkle just to en- enjoy it. Um, TCU plus twelve and a half. This game was thirteen and a half when it opened. Plus twelve and a half in, against Georgia. So uh, the early money is on TCU, which, given how they played this season, I mean, they're not going to ton of respect, um, but th- they've found a way, and uh, they 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 play an interesting style in that they they adjust to what the other teams do. A lot of teams just do what they do. TCU tries to attack your weakness, and it's worked for them, and they've come back in a number of games, and uh, thanks to some turnovers and other things, they were on the front foot against Michigan. But as good as those semifinals were, I I don't see them winning this game, and I I don't see it being all that competitive. Um, I, 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 want, I want it to. I'll be rooting for TCU. I think it's a great story. I think this is another game. If you're looking for a teaser to take it down six or seven from twelve and a half, is not a bad play as well. I'm on Georgia. I wish I wasn't. Jason, where are you? Yeah, I really like. I mean, thirteen and a hook was a pretty heavy opening line, Harry. But I'd still like TCU. Listen, their defense against Michigan at times was, com- like I say, complete ass. And Georgia, Stetson Bennett. I mean, I just don't know if they cover this heavy of spread. Georgia wins the game, but give me all those points. Who you got, Harry? You know what, uh, Graham? I'm with you. I, I, I want to see a competitive game. I want to see this game be close. Uh, you guys know I was at the Michigan TCU game last week. Um, very fortunate with some things, TCU. You know, uh, Michigan not getting that touchdown call, also not getting that fourth down play inside the five with points. Two pick sixes just crushed them. You can't do that uh, against a TCU team that really can take advantage, of, and they did in spots. But I, I mean, what we've seen all year, what we saw last year, this Georgia defense, it's all we talk about. Uh, but they didn't show up last week against Ohio State. I think they fixed that. Stetson Bennett, all he does is win games. Kirby Smart, a fantastic coach, best in the country, I think, in college. And I want this to be close, but I don't think it's going to be. I bet this already at Georgia minus 11. I think they win this going away. I think their defense does show up. I think this is like a 38-17 type of game. Yeah, that that sounds about right, and, and I need a big weekend, Harry. I lost all my money betting Crystal Palace against Tottenham today, and and so I got I got nothing I got nothing left. Oh, I was all I was all over Tottenham. I was all over the Spurs. Were you? Oh, yeah, I should have consulted with you. I should have texted you. I know. It was uh yeah no it uh by the way a uh, little gambling tip for next year, Harry. The Michigan State basketball has the alumni student section come out once a year for a game, and since 2015 in non-COVID years. They are covering the spread by an average of 10.1 points per game, and they've wow. covered every single spread. So j- just next year, next January, when they play that first week game or whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on that just so you, you – uh, I'm, I'm 
writing that down on my calendar as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> You're a beautiful man, Harry. Look forward to talking playoffs with you next week. Thanks, Harry. Guys, enjoy. Guys, enjoy. That's the great Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, uh, Best Bet Corner, and ExtraPoints.com. We always appreciate uh, talking to him. Thanks to Colton Pouncey. Fun to catch up with him. Fun to hear his voice. And uh, fun conversation as well. Um, thanks to Skyman. They make this show possible. We appreciate them. And uh, if you're still listening, well, chances are you're on Skyman. And, uh, yeah. Thanks hey, to I pop an edible <laughs> for every show. Thanks also to Front 43 and Cask and Company. Outstanding place for a date night. Outstanding place uh, for a beer with a friend. Great place to watch games. Great. Uh, just the TV setups of both places. Just my absolute favorite. Um, that's Cask and Company in Front 43. Uh, just north of Frander there on East Saginaw, the, the Lansing-East Lansing border. We'll be back uh, Thursday night. Twitter questions. Groovy Donut Twitter questions show. Good show, man. Yeah, man. Couch in the roof. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.